You say that you're okay, but you've been holding on for dear life. So many years of rain, you can't remember what the sunshine feels like. Inside you're hurting, you're worried, you're not deserving of a lifeline. Oh, but the hands that hold the stars say you are. Don't you know? Gentlemen, welcome to Rise Up episode, what, I think we're at episode 31 now? Episode 31 of Rise Up, folks, I want to say thank you so very much uh, for being here today with me on this beautiful Monday morning, a day after we were, we, we were all fellowshipping uh, with, our, with our actual churches, um, we get to have church on Monday too. What if your church on Sunday was your church on Monday too? Well, guess what? We get that opportunity. We get to have the same church on Sunday, on Monday, too. We have 450 and climbing watching here on Rumble, Rumble.com, Rumble app. 
Uh, obviously, we are, um, as far as social media streaming, we are exclusively on Rumble. You can also watch us on digital TV uh, by just going to your Roku app or your Fire Stick app, or if you need to download them, you can do so. And um, just t- type in the search bar LFA and then put a space and then TV, not LFA-TV, just LFA Space TV. And you'll be able to download the channel and watch live on your big TVs. You can also download Rumble app on most of your smart TVs anyway. So make sure you guys do that today. God bless you. Thank you so very much. Now the song said, you've got a soul worth saving. Ladies and gentlemen, if the devil and God are fighting over you so much, then how do you not have a soul worth saving? How's it even possible to not have a soul worth saving if the creator of the universe and one of the most, if not the most powerful angel ever created by God are having a lifelong eternal battle over your soul? Of course you have a soul worth saving. Let's pop on the Rumble chat. There it is. We've got Kong in the building who's already tithing to uh, the Rise Up congregation. Thank you so very much, sir. We've got two Dixie Mom in the building. Dawn is here. W. Wilson. Uh, Ray Friesen is in the building. Katie, 63. Jess, 74. How are you? Mustache, 49, is in the building. Carol, how are you? Good to see you. Becca, uh, Cesar, how are, Caesar, how are you? Good to see you. Lisa, MAGA Mom, Leslie, how are you? Shelly Rose is in the building. Becca said, still driving at light. Not sure what that means, but uh, God bless you and be safe if you are driving and listening. I have two close friends of mine that gave their life to Jesus yesterday, says Wayne. Well, how about that? How about that? Jeremy, look for that Sing the Manger. Look for that song, the manger, Sing the Manger. I think you had a typo there. We love him because he loved us first. Amen. Big shout out to everybody who's chiming in so incredibly right now. Look at this. Victoria says, Matt loves his American pecan. Well, (laughs) I do too. I do too. And of course, I'm drinking my coffee out of the Rise Up cup that, uh, that Amanda Collins sent for me. I like that, right? Have your Rise Up cup brewed and ready. Larry Reha's in the building. And of course, again, ladies and gentlemen, your Rise Up Coffee. I hope you guys have been able to uh, to order some of that. If not, I hope you'll be able to order it in the future. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great show lined up for you today, as always, but especially on Monday mornings, because I just had fellowship yesterday with my physical church family, and now I get to have fellowship and bring over that message, kind of Build off of the message on Sundays that I get from my pastor. Now, this is what I love, uh, folks. Annette, it's okay. We just started. It's a, we just started. We're only six minutes in. You can go back and watch the other six minutes. Um, one of the great things I love about uh, Monday mornings, is, other than the fact that we get to all come back together again digitally here, uh, is the fact that I do get to build off of my Sunday uh, my Sunday. Uh, more my Sunday at church and my Sunday sermon that was given to me by my pastor. And I'm so very excited to do that today. Uh, Kitten1948 says, great email this morning, JH. Thank you. Well, we're going to get to that. 1776 says, I love the coffee. And Shelly Rose says, I ordered more coffee. Folks, I got to tell you, 
Right now, the American pecan is selling more than the Sumatra Gold. So it looks like we've got a lot more light and medium roast drinkers out there than we do dark roast. Either way, it's gourmet coffee. And a big shout to our partners in that. Cherokee Rose Coffee right down there in Georgia. And we've got Mary, I am saying, drinking my field of greens. I'll have my field of greens with me on my 11 o'clock show. So title of today's show is this. Oh, thank you, Kalia. She says, Jeremy, for the school, thank the LFA family for the help you gave me. Look at that. Tithing back. Tithing back in gratitude. That's amazing. Thank you. We will make sure the school gets it. And I will keep you guys updated every step of the way as to where we are with that. We are now up to 750 live viewers here on Rumble. Please help us make that more. Please spread the gospel. As I have titled today's show, the best recipe for spiritual growth is... Dot, 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 dot. The best recipe for spiritual growth is... Well, if you got the morning newsletter, then you know what it is. But if you did not get the morning newsletter, then I guess you are just going to have to have a little bit of patience and wait for the end of the show. How about that? All right, let's get into this, folks. One Minute Prayer for Dads. Uh, We're going to get into this as our first book. If you're just joining in for the very first time, we go through a series here. I'll show you. We go through a series of devotional books right here. And I tell you what each one of these books is as I read them. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you're wearing a hat, please remove your hat. Bow your heads and let's all as one LFA congregation, fellowshipping together, say our prayer to the Lord. And ask him to bless this day and this network. Here we go. Our Father in heaven. How mighty, how loving, how compassionate, how kind, and how powerful you are. And thank you very much for showing us that kindness, compassion, power, love, gratitude, grace, mercy, blessings every single day of our lives. All it takes is for us to open our eyes and look for them, and we will see that you bless us abundantly every single day. Lord, we give you thank, uh, thanksgiving for that. And we also give you thanksgiving for fellowship, Lord. We understand that the the recipe for spiritual growth needs many things, much like a cake, much like uh, building a car, building something from instructions. You need all the pieces. And fellowship is one of the most important pieces of spiritual growth, Lord. And we thank you for that fellowship. We thank you for being able to lean on one another, not only for um, compassion, but to lean on, e- on each other for, for understanding, learning, uh, going through the Bible together and giving different perspectives, asking questions, having discussion and dialogue, all of that, Lord, brings us ever so close to you. And we thank you for that fellowship. We pray for this network. We pray for this show, Rise Up. Lord, we pray for all the show hosts here on LFA and, most importantly, all of the people who listen, watch, and share the truth of the gospel and our social and cultural situations here in the United States of America, Lord. Thank you for life. Thank you for understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mary I Am says, I mean that all of my friends are enjoying their armor of God and more mugs and bottles of coffee then I have sent them for Christmas, birthdays, etc. Well, thank you, Mary, for telling me that. I appreciate that. Let's have a uh, slurp of our 
our uh, coffee here this morning, whatever coffee you're drinking, maybe you're drinking Folgers, maybe you're drinking Maxwell House, maybe you're just drinking some cheap brand because that's all we can afford at this time. But if you're drinking Rise Up or any other coffee, let's have our first slurp. Here we go. And let's get to fellowshipping, folks. One minute prayer for dads. Now, if you've never watched the show, then you understand the reason why I, I read from this book is because my mother gave me this book as soon as I started my journey with Jesus. Although it was a very different journey at that time than it is now, it was still a journey and we must take baby steps. We need to take baby steps in Christ, just like we took baby steps here on earth from crawling to walking. And you are a very different Christian than you were a year ago. And you're a very different Christian than you were five years ago or maybe 10 years ago if you've had the luxury of being with Jesus for that long. So your understanding has developed a lot more now with Jesus than your understanding was uh, in the beginning of your journey with Jesus. Amen? So keeping in mind, best recipe for spiritual growth is fellowship. Let's go on and let's uh, read from this book uh, from Philippians 2.4, which uh, is titled Overcoming Selfishness. Overcoming Selfishness. And Ray Friesen in the, uh, in the chat said, I wish I could afford to help. You can share the video. That's all you need to do. Share the gospel. That's all Jesus told you to do. Jesus did not tell you to donate to LFA. You do that out of your own kindness because you want to tithe to our efforts here. But just share the gospel, hon. That's all you got to do. Overcoming selfishness. Philippians 2.4 says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. What are your child's interests? Are their interests something that you can join in on? A healthy family shares common interests. And I'm not just talking about a bloodline family. Could be an extended, an extended family. Could be a church family. Excuse me. A healthy family shares common interests. Sometimes those interests are initiated by you as you teach your kids maybe to hunt, to fish, to play the piano, or to follow a favorite sports team. But sometimes kids pick up on interests on their own and you ask yourself, where did she or he learn that or learn to like that or learn to be interested in that? And then if you're wise... You'll shrug your shoulders and ask her or him about their new favorite interest. You might even come to like it yourself. Folks, I, uh, before, we, um, before we get to any more of this and get into the prayer that this book um, that follows up that devotional, do you guys understand how much you can learn from your children? Don't just make the mistake of thinking that you know so much more because you've been through X, Y, and Z. Now, that is true for most things. But God did not make a carbon copy clone of you when he made your child. Yes, your child looks like you. Yes, your child acts like you. Yes, your child is born of you. But your child comes from heaven. And God gave your child a life through you as the conduit to be whoever he or her is supposed to be from God. Now, they're going to have 
skills you don't have. They're going to have desires, likes, and interests you don't have. You guys might be 90% compatible, but there's 10% that your child has that you have no idea about. And I'm not just talking about what they're doing. I'm talking about who they are. God made them different than you. So you can learn something from them. You can. I learn stuff from my children all the time. Do you want to know when I learn the most from my children? I learn the most from my children when they are correcting me for being wrong. Not in factual statements, although that does happen because my children seem to be smarter than me when it comes to school. Either that or it's been, I've, I've been out of school for so long, I don't remember things like the pag, whatever theorem. <laughs> you know, all those things I can't even pronounce. Pythagorean theorem, whatever that is. Compound fractures, fractions, compound fractures, compound fractions, all that stuff. They, they seem to know all that stuff. I don't remember any of that stuff. However, what they seem to correct me in mostly is my behavior. It's funny because my kids correct me on my behavior the same way I correct them on their behavior. So if I swear, my five-year-old says, Daddy, I heard that. Ugh, convicts me immediately. Convicts me immediately. How can I tell my five-year-old daughter, well, you're not allowed to say that, but I am. Well, why am, not, why am I not allowed to say that, Dad? Because that's a bad word. Well, then why are you allowed to say it? Eh, you got me there. I learn stuff from my kids all the time because my ears are open and my eyes are open and my heart is open to learn from my kids. That doesn't mean that my kids are in charge of me or know more than me, although they, in school they seem to. But keep your ears and eyes open. Your children can teach you a lot. Now this says, Lord, I admit my own interests are often on my mind while the interests of others, including my kids, are too easily moved to the back burner of my thoughts because they're not my interests. As I think of my children now, I pray I will become more mindful of their interests. Help me get inside my kids' heads so I can be a part, a positive part at that, of their inner lives. Not just a part and not a negative part. A positive part. Then, two, help me be more transparent to them. Bringing them into my thoughts and my interests. Most of all, God, help all of us look to your own interests. And how we can play a part in your plan. Right? Folks, how many of you are married to a son or a daughter who took over the family business and they absolutely hate it? How many of you know somebody who took over their father's business of construction or uh, excavation or their business in media, for that matter, and they absolutely hate their lives because they hate what they do? I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people who hate their job and career, but they carried on the family business. And for them, they feel that if they don't do that business anymore, then it's letting their father's dream die or their mother's dream die because they're trying to keep their family members' interests alive, but they're not embracing their own interests and their own skills that God gave them. How many of you know people like that? Let's pop on the chat here. Well, C. Burns says right here, my child corrects me too, says Eve Honest. That's great. 
I'm nothing like my parents, but my sisters are more like them. Sending prayers to Halloween. I don't know why we're praying for Halloween, but you know darn well that I'm praying for Halloween as well. So happy I finally gotten to be here live. Been with you for a while, but first live. I love Rise Up. God bless you. Well, thank you, 68 Gideon. I'm auto body, but I love it. That's, oh, auto body. I'm auto body, but I love it. Okay, well, there you go. You share that interest. I started my field of greens today. Yay. You long for the closeness, the connection, the affirm, the affirm, affirmation. That who you are is good and desirable, but God is the only one who can give you all that all the time. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, a lot of those people out there are continuing on their, their parents' interests, and they've, they've never embraced their interests. Maybe, maybe it's because their parent did not allow them. Nope, you're going to carry on the family business. It's not the right thing to do. Do you know that none of my kids want to do what I'm doing? Do you want to know none of my kids want to know Or want to do what I'm doing. None of them want to have a show. None of them want to be in media. None of them want to have a podcast. Let your children be who they are. Because your children, if you let them be who they are and who God created them to be and love their own interests and not just carry on yours because, darn it, this is the family business. They will grow and they will blossom to be greater than you ever imagined. There's a lot of parents out there who don't allow them cho- their children to be who they are. But if you do, they, like I said, they will grow to be more than you've ever, ever imagined. Melissa says, my grands left my aunt all their money and land. She's nothing like them. Already broke after three years and ready to sell the land. They should have left it all to me and my brother. We wanted to keep the land. Well, there you go. Keep the farm going. Excuse me. Being on TV is not for everyone, exactly. And I am not pressuring my children to be anything like me. As a matter of fact, I am trying to teach my children to be so much better than anything I ever was or anything I am now. If my children want to do this, that's great. I will give them all the uh, love and support that I possibly can. But I would never force them to do something that was against their own desires or interests as far as like a life choice. Now we're going to read uh, this, this devotional called God's Love. And this is the Bible, or the, the Bible promise book for morning and evenings. I never get the title right. And this was sent to me just a couple months ago. And we were actually about a month ago. And we replaced another book with this book. And I love this book. God's Love. John 3.16. I'm sure you all know this. You could probably re- recite it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's love. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Now, before we move any further, how does that relate? How does what we just read relate to the title of today's show, which is the best recipe for spiritual growth is fellowship? Well, how can God keep a covenant for thousands of generations, a thousand generations, if there's no fellowship in that thousand generations? Meaning, if there are not people who are like-minded, 
who are together, learning together about the word of God, holding each other accountable, lifting each other up, selling possessions to help others if they need uh, financial, whatever it is. If you are not in fellowship together as a family, as a congregation, as, a, as an extended family, as a church, whatever you want to call it, then how can God's covenant last for a thousand generations? It absolutely cannot. It absolutely cannot. Fellowship is the key ingredient to spiritual growth. And God is not going to have a covenant for a thousand generations if there is no spiritual growth. Look at that. Anna and I attended the local Baptist church yesterday at the invitation of a church deacon. Wife and I are Catholic. However, we really enjoyed their fellowship and service. I belong to a Baptist church. Not because I'm Baptist, but because I've tried other churches and this church was all about missions, fellowship, passing the, uh, the, uh, the word of God onto our youth through school, having a school, and the fact that our church is always filled. We always, we're, we're getting more people. We have a beautiful worship group. We have a wonderful congregation of fellowship. That's why I'm there. But not because I'm Baptist. I'm Christ's child. I am a child of God. I am not a Baptist. I'm not a Catholic. I'm not a Presbyterian. I'm not a Methodist. I'm not a Lutheran. I'm not a Presbyterian. I am a child of God, period. And I happen to go to church with other like-minded people. Fellowship is the key ingredient. Without it, nothing moves. Nothing lasts. No covenant lasts. You have to get... You have to... How do I want to say this? Folks, Christianity or being a follower of Christ or a believer is a lot like a business in a capital system, meaning this. This is how you can compare the two. If you have a, if you have a business in America, if you're not growing, you're dying. That's how it works. Unfortunately, in a capitalistic society, I love capitalism, love it. However, in a capitalism structure, if your busy business is not growing and it's not getting busy, I, 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 I heard a saying a long time ago said, get busy growing or get busy dying. Same thing with Christianity. If you are not furthering your knowledge or furthering your journey with Jesus, if you are not walking that narrow path to heaven and you're standing still, guess what's going to happen? You're going to regress. You're going to regress. Your faith is going to weaken. Your blessings are going to become less and less. Your knowledge of the word is going to come less and less. And I guarantee you, you will regress. I guarantee you. And that's, that's the only reason I, I compared it with business in a capitalist society is like this business, LFA. Had I not created LFA TV and had I not um, added show hosts that were willing to come here and do this without getting paid, you know, a, a salary or anything like that. Had I not done that, LFA would have died within two years. Live from America would not be a show in two years. Do you want to know why? Because it would have been stale. There would have been a core group of audience that was here, but it would not. It, it would have. It would have slowly dwindled away. 
That's the unfortunate thing about a capitalistic society is that if your business is not growing, you are dying. There's no business that ever got here and stayed here for their entirety of their business and loved it. Why? Because other businesses pop up and they take people's you know, interest or money or whatever it is away from that business to go do something else because they've been there too long. It's, tr- it's, it's truly incredible. Same thing with Christianity. If you're not furthering your journey with Jesus, you're regressing. You're going backwards. Rosebud right there. Nothing in life is static. No autopilot. It is forward or backward. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful Rosebud. Beautiful. Perfect thing to say. Somebody asked about Mormonism on here. The Mormons believe in many gods. They believe in many wives. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not knowledgeable enough really to speak about the Mormon faith. Um, I'm not knowledgeable enough to actually argue with somebody or debate with somebody. All I know is. How do I say this and be correct? It's a lot like Jehovah's Witness. They've added to or taken away from the words of Jesus to fit their own narrative. We'll put it that way. Did God tell you you could be married to many wives? No, he did not. No, he did not. A man and a wife are one in flesh. A man isn't one in flesh with 20 wives. That is adultery. That's adultery. So just on its own, just from the very, just from a very close, uh, I mean, a very uh, first glance at Mormonism, you know that it's wrong because you're committing adultery. (laughs) You're breaking a commandment. I don't know enough about the Mormon religion to sit here and tell you all where they're wrong and they're right. Let the Bible do that for you. Let the Bible convict these people. Don Hawley says not all Mormons believe that. Well, then I guess it's a flawed religion if it's broke up in many parts, right? Same with all these denominations. It's all flawed. You're either for Christ or you're not. It's that simple. You're either for Christ or you're not. And if you're for Christ, you are everything that Christ said and nothing that he did not say. That's all I know. Let's move on. Many things in life are pricey. Name brand clothing, cars, even phones. But they will wear out or be used up before long. No matter what the price tag is. And by contrast, God's preserving unfailing love is priceless. His amazing love was costly, but it's not pricey. There's a difference between costly and pricely. It was costly to have your own son, your only son, murdered for others. But it's pricey. Anything outside of God is pricey. Pricely. Anything inside of God is costly. We kind of talked about that last week. Barb Naylor says, I am a Mormon baptized and they only believe in one God, but they are really weird in a lot of ways. I've been inactive since I was 17. They do not promote multiple wives anymore. There you go. See, I didn't know much about it. So that's why I said I couldn't really say much about it. But I do know that their entire religion hinges on the uh, on the writings of, I believe, Joseph Smith. And he was not a prophet designated by God. I can tell you that. 
He was not a prophet designated by God to write things. Annette, I am on a four-week course of religions of the world with a pastor from our church who has schools for slave kids in Afghanistan and Pakistan and India where they learn about Jesus and biblical teaching. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. T. Mitchell says, the devil is at work in my house. Rebuke him. All you have to do is speak the name of Jesus out loud in your home and the devil is gone. That's how weak he is. That's how much of a coward and a weak wussy the devil really is. So many people get mad at me when I talk about how weak the devil is. Okay, well, if the devil is that strong in your life, then you know that you have a lot more ground to cover on your journey with Jesus. If the devil is weak in my life, then I know I'm on the right path and I know that I've, got, I've, got, I've already been through the right, uh, the right geographical locations, the right spiritual locations to know that he's that weak. And I hope you get there too. I hope you get there too. Thank you, Father, that no price tag can be put on your lavish love for me. Amen. Folks, we have over a thousand people watching this beautiful Rise Up show this morning. I will ask if you can, please, please, please share, share, share. If you have not, five platforms will get uh, uh, will be a good uh, spreading of the gospel. Uh, Iris says there's a difference between religion and spirituality, 100%. There's also a difference between a religion and a relationship. Jesus and Christianity is not a religion, not a religion at all. Anybody who says, I respect your religion, say good, because I don't have one. <laughs> respect nothing. I don't have religion. I have a relationship with Jesus. Religion has caused so much turmoil all over the world. You are right. I agree with you 100%. Well, then why do you put religion up on a pedestal? I don't. I'm here to destroy religion. I'm here to destroy denominations. I'm here to destroy that stupid way of thinking. That's what I'm here to do. I agree 100%. Religion has caused more death around the world than it. Yes, you are right. You are right. You are right. Well, how can you be a Christian? Look at the Crusades. They killed many people in the name of their God. Yes, they did. And that was the Catholic Church who was very, very astray, far astray. Not anything like Jesus. Nothing. Iris says, what do you people think in here about The Chosen? I believe, I think The Chosen is a wonderful series. Breaking records because it's such a wonderful series. C.L. Burns says, I think it's James 4 that says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Boom. You got it. You got it. All right, where are we here? Next book we're going to read from, by the way, folks, is Heaven, 90 Devotions from Our Daily Bread. Heaven, 90 Devotions from Our Daily Bread. Here we go. We Shall Be Changed is the title of this. We Shall Be Changed. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Freebird said people just run their mouths and have no idea what they're talking about. Exactly. They have no idea about anything in the past whatsoever. They have no idea about the history of the Bible. They just run their mouths from regurgitated stuff that they see on TikTok and Twitter. You know what I mean? They have no clue. They have no clue. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is titled, We Shall Be Changed. We Shall Be Changed. How are we supposed to be changed without fellowship? Is that even possible? 
Somebody said, where do you watch The Chosen? Download the app. Download The Chosen app, okay? You can also watch it on Pure Flix. Pure Flix has it on there as well. It's where we like to watch it. How can you be changed if you have no spiritual growth? You can't be. It is impossible. It is impossible. You have to have spiritual growth if you are to be changed, which means that you have to have fellowship. It is that simple. Those are recipes, just like baking a cake. 1 John 3, 2 says, We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Being afflicted with early onset Alzheimer's disease, Thomas DeBaggio chronicled his gradual memory loss in the book called Losing My Mind. This book records the disturbing process by which little by little tasks, places, and people are forgotten. Ask Joe Biden. He knows all about this. Not saying that as a joke. Maybe he doesn't know anything about this because he forgot. Not saying that as a joke. That's actually pretty serious that we have a president who has this. Alzheimer's disease involves the failure of nerve cells in the brain, leading to gradual memory loss, confusion, and disorientation. Sound like somebody we know? It can be tragic to watch a previously mentally alert person slowly forget how to dress or fail to recognize the faces of loved ones. It's like losing the person before they die. Folks, I'm going to put the chat on here. How many of you know somebody with Alzheimer's? How many of you have somebody in your family with Alzheimer's right now? Because I don't. I do not know anybody with Alzheimer's personally, and I don't, I don't have anybody in my family. No friends, nobody. Nobody that I know personally has Alzheimer's. But I know that you guys do have people in your family with Alzheimer's. So I'm going to pop on the Rumble chat here, if we can. And I want to see who in here is familiar with Alzheimer's, because I am not, not personally anyway. My husband has early onset. Absolutely. Anything anti-God is not good to have. Amen. Once again, it's all about a relationship and nothing to do with religion. You will know the difference and be set free. Yes. There you go, Katie. My dad passed from it. That's, it's, I'm so sorry. My mom has it, says T. Mitchell. I do, says Leslie. Judy has her hand raised. My uncle had it. My mother had Alzheimer's for years. She died last year. Rosebud, yes, I do. I know three people that have it, says Amanda Collins. So all of you guys are so much more knowledgeable on Alzheimer's than I am. So let me ask you this question. As all of you are chiming in, I don't want to cut this off short because so many of you are knowledgeable about this disease where I am not. So for all those watching on Roku and Firestick, I want you to make sure you pay attention to the screen so you can see the people in here that know anything about it. So let me ask you a question. For all of you who are knowledgeable about it, does our current president, resident, have it? You would know. I would not. I would say he has dementia or Alzheimer's. You would know better than I would. Please let me know in the comment thread, does our current president, Joe Biden, illegitimately or legitimately, does he have dementia or Alzheimer's? You be the judge. I will pop up the chat right now. Here we go. You guys are going to tell me because all I can do is speculate. You guys are familiar with it. 
Yes, he does, says Kelly. Yes, says Katie. Yes, says Jane. Yes, says Ginny. W. Wilson, he has dementia. There you go. Sometimes I think I have it, says Tom. Absolutely. Yes, he does. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he does. Yes, he has it. Yes, he does. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he does. Yes, I would say. There's actually a patent number for a cure of it. I I wouldn't doubt it. Yes, he does. So see, all of you people who are familiar with something on a very, very personal level, people that you loved, people that you sat by as they died from it, you guys are giving the diagnosis because you know about it. Scary, isn't it? Memory loss can occur by other means as well, such as injury or life trauma. And for those who live into the old age, the breakdown of our bodies is inevitable. Eli, how are we doing on the Rumble page? Are we on the front page here? Looks like we got a lot of viewers. For the Christian, though, there is hope. When believers receive their glorified bodies at the resurrection, they will be perfect. Perfect. And you can read that in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. But even more important, we will recognize the one who died to redeem us. We will remember that he, what he did and know him by the nail prints in his hands, just like Thomas. Thomas did not believe until he saw the nail prints, right? Forgetfulness may beset our earthly bodies, but when we see the Lord, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What a wonderful, wonderful portion of that book to read folks if you're just now joining in and you're and you have not done so yet please click the thumbs up button that is the like button we call it a rumble rumble this video we have 1100 people right 1100 people right now plus hearing the gospel taking it in soaking it in like the sun let's share it five people five platforms right now everybody five platforms Let's go to Jesus Listens by Sarah Young. Now, a lot of you might be familiar with Jesus Calling. This is called Jesus Listens. And let's read today from January 23rd already. Folks, we're already through this month. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Oh, by the way, we're going to be incorporating phone calls into Rise Up very soon. I'm not going to give you a date I don't know. Whenever God wants it done, it'll be done. I have a billion things to do getting ready for CPAC. Oh, my Lanta is that crazy. But I got a lot of other things going on. So um, let's get into this. My living Savior, your word shows me that it is possible for your followers to be joyful and afraid at the same time. When angel told the women who came to your tomb that you had risen from the dead, they were afraid, yet they were filled with joy. Folks, when God tells you to fear him, we talk about it all the time. Fear not, but fear God. Fear, that, fear not those who have the power to kill your body, but do no more. But fear, though, fear him who has the power to not only kill your body, but actually send your soul to hell. Fear him. But the fear 
is also synonymous with joy. You understand what I mean? A lot of people don't. They don't understand that at all. They're like, how is the Bible so contradictory? It tells you not to fear, and then it says to fear. It says not to fear anything, and you should love God wholeheartedly with, with everything, to your, down to a molecular level, but then it says to fear him. That's contradictory. No, that's you not understanding what you're reading. That's a comprehension problem. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible's contradictory. No, it's not. Perfection can't be contradictory. That's a comprehension problem. That is an out-of-context problem that you are having. And no matter what you think, the Bible is right and you are wrong, no matter how much you cry, scream, kick, and yell. The Bible's right and you are wrong. And the Bible does not have a contradictory problem. The, the Bible uh, has no problem. You have a comprehension problem. Tell people that when they say that, by the way. So I don't have to let fear keep me from experiencing the joy of your presence. No, 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 no. This pleasure is not a luxury reserved for times when my problems and the crises that are happening in the world seem under control. Your loving presence is mine to enjoy today, tomorrow, and forever. Lord, help me not to give in to joyless living, but letting worries about the present or the future weigh me down. Instead, I need to remember that neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate me from the love of Christ. Amen. I'm thankful that I can freely talk to you about my fears, expressing my thoughts and my feelings candidly. Folks, how many of you, this is, this is going to be fun. How many of you have not said what is on your mind to God in fear that you might be overstepping your bounds, in fear that you're saying the wrong thing, in fear that you're saying something that's going to upset him, in fear that you're going to say something that he does not have an answer for? All wrong, by the way, but how many of you have felt that before. How many of you have not been candid with God at a respectful level? Now, there's a, there's a certain thing here. I know a lot of people have looked at God and said, you did this to me. That's being pretty candid, right? That's not what I'm talking about. How many of you have been candid with God in a way that you would be candid with another person about something that needs to be addressed? Question mark. Lord, I am so bad. I am so flawed. But I've been trying so hard. And I don't see where you're helping me. I don't see it. But I know you have. I need you to show me, Lord, because what, 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 what we're doing here, this relationship that we have, is not working for me. And I know it's not your fault. It's my fault. But I need you more involved in my life. Please give me the opportunity for you to be more involved in my life in a way that I can accept, in a way that I understand. That's being candid. He already knows what you're feeling. He already knows what you're going to say. He already knows what you're thinking. That's being candid. God wants you to be candid with him. You're only human. He doesn't want you to go, Hi, God. Look, I don't know how to say this. Yes, you do. Say it. Say it. Say exactly what's on your mind. Because if you can't come to God with candid truth and saying exactly what you need to say for your own self-being so that you can feel that you're getting out what you need to get out, 
If you're not going to him with truth, then he's not going to come back with you with something that you comprehend. You've got a comprehension problem. Just like the people who say that the Bible is contradictory. It's all about comprehension. You got to be candid with him. He wants you to be. Trust me, he can take it, okay? He's God, after all, and you're just you. You got to be real. You got to be candid. It's the only way that you're going to be able to receive what he tells you back. So many people do not hear what God wants to say to them because they're not being real with him. Stop being, definitely be respectful. That's not what I'm saying. Stop being so scripted. Stop having an itinerary. itinerary. Just open up and let it shoot from the hip. Straight from the hip. Let it shoot. Let it go. You don't need to say the, the perfect, correct things. That's religion. You don't need to come to him in a very specific manner, in a specific way. That is religion. God wants you to go into a dark room in silent, quiet, by yourself, drop to your knees, and be candid with him. Say what you need to say. Because only then can you grow. Only then can you grow. It's part of the whole recipe. Being candid with God. Not being disrespectful. You can be candid and respectful at the same time. That's what you need to be. The same thing you would do in your job. You would never let anybody roll all over you like a boss or another coworker. You would be respectfully candid with them. You'd say, I cannot allow this to happen. I'm sorry, but I can't. That's the kind of, that's what God wants. God wants you to come to him as you are so he can make you what you were meant to be. Don't come to him fake. Don't come to him trying to tiptoe around a certain scenario or situation. Just say it. So many people appreciate candidness here on earth. How much more does God appreciate your candidness? You can't hide anything from the guy. (laughs) Remember when I told you last week that God had me open up the most personal part of my life to all of you and make my most personal time with him public? I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that at all. But do you want to know something else? Yesterday in church, my pastor said something. Now, look, folks, in church, I'm like this. Believe it or not, I'm like this. I'm all eyes, all ears. I'm all attention. If my pastor says go to Acts 4, I'm opening up to Acts 4. I'm reading along with him. I am all ears, all eyes, all the time. However... In the hour and a half that you're listening to a sermon, there's times where you kind of, you know, something else grabs your attention, somebody coughs or drops something, and then it kind of gets your focus off, you know, what the pastor's saying, and then you kind of just like, you're hearing words, but you're not taking it in, you know, stuff like that. That happened to me yesterday for about three minutes, and then all of a sudden I heard the pastor say, this is God saying, hey, 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 wake up, listen, the pastor said this yesterday. God wants you to express the most personal part of your life 
our relationship with him to the world. God wants you to profess the most personal relationship that you have with him to the world. Spiritual growth is personal. And you need to get personal with it. And you need to express that personal love to the world so the world can see. Folks, is that not what we're doing here with Rise Up? Is that not what God called me to do? It was validation that, I li- that what I heard from him was true. When the pastor said that to me, Pastor Dave Golden didn't say that to me. God said that to me. God was, uh, God's pretty real with you uh, when you listen. And sometimes he has you doing things that you do not want to do. It's okay. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Irish says, that's one of the reasons I left the Catholic Church. Too many wrote prayers. Not that that's bad, but I wanted to talk to him just like I talk in here to anyone else. And that's what God wants to. Now, I'm not saying that there's not room for like specific structure and prayers and room for specific events when you're offering sacrifice to to God in any way or something like that. You know, there's obviously time for tradition and structure. It's not necessary, but it's nice. It helps further your relationship with the Lord. That is why my wife keeps Jewish traditions. We're not Jewish. We don't have to do that. My wife just enjoys it. She likes it. She's not forced to do it, right? She's like, vaccines are good for those who want them, not for those who don't. One year with Jesus in the Gospels, folks. One year with Jesus in the Gospels. The ministry of John the Baptist. Matthew 3, 1. In those days, John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness of Judea. These scriptures record the ministry of John the Baptist. He spent 30 years in the desert. 30 years. Of Judea preparing for this ministry. Then it only lasted about six months before he baptized Jesus and the men started following the Messiah. Yet for those brief six months, he turned an entire nation to God. How? Through fellowship, through like-minded people gathering together in a grassroots movement, no structure, no preordained duty or responsibility that needed to be done, which Jews definitely had, right? Jews were ordered to be at the temple during this time, ordered to be praying during this time, ordered. This was none of that. This was straight up grassroots hunger for the word of God, starvation, to hear the words of God and to be part of the Messiah. That was fellowship. Not because nobody was made to do it. Not because people were pushed there. Not because people were obligated or responsible for being there. Because it was grassroots. They wanted to be there. They were hungry for the word. Amazing. Amazing. He did not take the normal approach. Nope. Not at all. Very unorthodox, right? Not orthodox. Very unorthodox. He was out in the wilderness and the people came to him. He had no advertisements other than the testimonies of those who had heard him. He wasn't a a flashy evangelist wearing the latest styles of the day. He didn't do anything the way the religious leaders taught. It was supposed to be done in their seminaries, yet it worked. In six short months, the entire nation was stirred up in anticipation of their Messiah through a man who was not normal, who was unorthodox, who did not do things the right way. 
because there does not need to be a structure. The only structure is give your light to God. That is it. It's that easy. Boom, done. One thing that keeps many of us from being used by God is our herd instinct. We are so afraid of someone el- of what someone else might think. We try to be like everyone else. And then we wonder why we are getting the same results as everyone else. It's not smart. John was completely yielded to the Holy Spirit and he succeeded against all odds. Dare to follow the Holy Spirit, even against the crowd, and you will see supernatural results. Supernatural results. Now, I don't have a lot of time left, but I'm about to blow your mind with the morning newsletter, folks. I'm about to blow your mind with the morning newsletter, and of course, then we'll, we'll touch more on this as we get into the 11 o'clock hour, okay? What do we got here? About four minutes? Okay, let me blast through this real quick. Today, we'll be talking about the recipe for the spiritual growth. A lot of people have asked about how to know God better and how to actually feel like they are in a relationship with Jesus. And if so, how do they strengthen it? Well, there is a recipe and a formula for it, and it's very easy to hear and implement into your daily lives. Today, let's work together to spread the word and the political and social truths to any and all who will hear it. How they won't hear it is if you don't take action today. That's why we talk about sharing so much. So let's take godly action, action together today. Verses of the day come from Acts 3, 42 through 47. Now we know Luke wrote Acts, right? And Luke has a very, 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 this is called the Fellowship of Believers. You're really going to love this. Acts 33, 42 through 47. Okay. And they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship of, uh, to, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. So they devoted themselves. They gave themselves over to the apostles teaching and the fellowship. And they started eating together and praying together. Grassroots. They weren't made to do this. This was not normal in Jewish tradition to do what they were about ready to do. Thousands ended up coming, by the way. Ended up being 8,000 in the end. Can you imagine a church? 8,000, even by today's standards. That would be massive. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings to distribute the proceeds to all, to everybody, as, as every and any need was met. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. That means basically fellowshipping and learning the word of God in their homes, not just at the temple. Very unorthodox. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Truly remarkable, folks. Truly remarkable. You need fellowship. You need it. If you don't have it, you ain't growing. Get busy growing or get busy regressing. Anyway, folks, that's going to do it for Rise Up today. We've got Ungoverned with Sean Farish coming up next. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in with a little bit of Apollo LTD, a soul worth saving. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you at 11. Sean Farish, Ungoverned, coming up next. Have a great morning. God bless you, and we'll see you at 11 o'clock. See you later.